Welcome to the Architectural Education Off the Record Podcast, where we discuss everything, something, and nothing about architecture. I'm your host, Vincent Hui. In this episode, we're going to be talking about not the architecture program itself, and not even for those that are in high school on how to get into the architecture program. We're going to be talking about a little bit more let's say primary, we're going to be talking about the architectural science camps that we've been offering within our program for the last, oh, I don't know, about five or six years. And also we're also we're going to be touching on some of the new things that we're going to be implementing in light of the pandemic. But uh, this year um, or this episode, we've got two of my past counselors from the architectural science camp program. We've got Walla hey. and we've got Samin. Hello. All right. And I think um, right off the bat, kids let's just talk about what is this whole notion of an architectural science camp starting with Samin what is this whole what's the purpose of it um, the architectural science camps are a series of week-long week-long camps hosted by Ryerson from around or previously it was from around July to August for kids aged from 9 to about 15. Mm-hmm. The camps were structured structured around these week-long projects that had the campers flex their sort of creative skills with activities like making a VR scene and then being those through VR goggles that they themselves made or um, building and designing a chair or a lamp. Okay, so Walla, just tell us a little bit more about this because we are bringing in kids who I gather know nothing about architecture, correct? Yeah. Right, so then what do you actually teach them? So we basically teach them basic thinking skills and the design process. Uh, We teach them how a project is started and basically finished, but not through the typical architectural means. We teach them in a way that uh, <clears throat> the kids can comprehend because they're not old enough to be, uh, you know, in uh, architecture yet. So we're teaching them the design. Okay, so then let's just go through, I'm going to go through a few of the projects here just so that we can get a flavor of the types of things. And, and you know, Wallace, I mean, tell me if I'm missing any, okay? So, any given week, they're going to be doing at least two major design projects, right? And um, they usually do one that's probably as a group activity or something that's more ephemeral. And then they obviously they do something else where they get to take it home and keep it, right? And usually, uh, actually, no, all the weeks, they've also got a running portfolio of work being developed, correct? Yes. Right? So, Let's just, I'm going to go through some of the group activities and maybe you can tell me if I'm missing it. So in, in the past, we've had everything from, you know, basically the, the icebreaker kind of project where kids are making marshmallows and spaghetti or pasta towers, all the way through to like um, cardboard bridges spanning over the swimming pool. Uh, we've had inflatable uh, buildings. Um, what other things am I missing on the group activities, guys? Uh, we also had the uh, cup towers where they were making it with, so they were working as a group. Uh, we had around up to five strings attached to a rubber band mm-hmm. and they would try to take it over a cup and then try to make a uh, cup tower okay. as a group. Uh, okay. And I mean, was there anything that, that, that you guys might've done that I'm, I'm not quite capturing here? Uh, I think we also, uh, we also did the egg drops where, Oh yeah. Um, the kids banded together to create like a protective cover for an egg that got dropped from progressively higher and higher levels. And and at the end of the day, did the kids ever survive or make sure that, you know, dropping off four stories, did the kids ever succeed? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Lots of kids succeeded. 
Okay, so they're better than our architecture students sometimes, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay so, so those are some of the group projects, but then let's talk about the individual ones, because I think a lot of people listening are like, wait, wait, what, what do these kids do individually? Because obviously with a group, you can have a couple of kids that are really strong at designing, say, structures to hold an egg together, and you know, could have stragglers that just are part of the team. So individually, I think you guys touched on some of them already. Like we have everything from they basically put together their own Google Cardboard or their own VR headset. And they also engage, say, learning how to create virtual reality scenes. We've had uh, situations where students have designed and built, obviously, the, the quintessential treehouse, or sorry, not treehouse, birdhouse for everything from specific bird types to bats in the past. We've had extreme gingerbread house uh, competitions. We've had them individually create um, chairs, as, as well as said, and, and design them and paint them up and customize them, as well as lights. Uh, Walla, would you say that I'm missing anything there? Um, no. Okay. Samin, did I miss anything? Uh, I think we also, we've also done some 3D printing stuff. So 3D oh, yeah. Printing. What do they do? What do they do on the 3D printing side? Uh, in my year, we had done uh, key accessories. So keychains, bracelet charms. Um, I know if kids wanted to make sort of like little figurines and things, they could model those up as well. So let's talk about this because it, it, it's a little bit of a segue into the next kind of level of programming um, when it comes about the digital creativity programming. But, you know, you're, you're telling me that you got like a kid that's 10 years old and you teach them VR as well as 3D modeling. Help me out here. So I'm gonna start with you. So, I mean, how, how do you teach a kid how to do 3D modeling? Uh, honestly, they catch on pretty fast. Uh, we had sort of like structured tutorials um, and we would, we would pretty much just show them on like Tinkercad or like Photoshop Illustrator, the process of modeling certain things. And they were, they learned real fast, actually. Okay. And of course, if they ever needed help, we were always there to sort of help along with that. Okay. And then, Walla, how did you have the kids learn about VR? Because that sounds like some advanced level stuff, man. So uh, we basically taught them that they would have to make their scene at first, and then they would have to set the camera. Wait, wait, wait what the hell? You're talking about scenes and cameras. What is this? Like, that's next level talk, man. T t describe this to, to a dumb prof like me, man. Okay. So basically, we got the uh, kids to model out uh, a specific scene or something they want. Uh, I remember in the year I did it, we had the uh, championship rally going on. So a lot of kids made these uh, concerts or uh, some sort of championship uh, parade where they had the trophy from the Raptors. Oh, you're talking stuff. about the Raptors win. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we basically taught them how to set up the camera so that when they were set up into VR view, they, that's how they would see it. And then uh, we helped them in uh, converting it into a, three, uh, into a uh, VR file, mm -hmm. which then they, uh, you, they used our phones in the beginning just to see their own files and see how that turned out. And then when they went home, we sent them with a link so that their parents could show them as well. And they okay. had the Google uh, cardboards. cardboards yeah. yeah. Okay. So I got to ask you this because I've had to teach you kids how to use all that stuff, all the software that you're talking about, 3D modeling, rendering, VR, even all of, all, all of you, right? All the two of you guys yeah. have both had to deal with that. So how does it feel when you, I mean, how does it feel when you have to teach a kid now, now that the tables have reversed, you know, how's it feel? 
Um, <laughs> uh, sometimes it get a little frustrating, I think, just because we had to repeat ourselves um, multiple times. Or we would be like, hey, this is how you do this. And then five seconds later, hey, how do you do this exact thing I taught you five seconds ago? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, well, what do you got to say on that one? You look like you're about to say something. Uh, the learning curve for them is uh, a little bit, I would say, uh, it's a little bit longer, but I feel like they learn it quickly enough that they can understand and how it works. But it is a lot of repetition and a lot of, hey, uh, you know, do this, this, and this. And you go to the other kid and then they ask you the same question. So we would have to make uh, just constant announcements to you know tell the whole group that if you don't understand this is what we do but you know it's a fun process of them learning so it, it's kind of funny because uh you guys were like yeah it's 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 really about being patient and you know when the kid asks the same question five times or like you answer it finally after the fifth time and the kid beside that kid says oh i got the same question you're like just you're not listening um so the thing is, though, they're, they're a lot more polite. Let's be honest here. Those kids are a lot more polite. They'll raise their hands. They'll be like, um, Mr. Walla, Miss Amin, how do I do this? Right? So then you can answer. And even if it's answering for the fifth time, it's cool because they're respectful. Now, the next level, of course, is when you're a prof and you have to teach it to, like, high school kids. And they're like, hey, you, uh, come over here and help me now. Um, so so that, I just want to put that out there. You guys haven't had it rough just quite yet, man. Okay. So. When, when you talk about the whole software thing, right? Uh, can you just delve into this a little bit? You let the students have a, have a computer? Like, how does this work? Samin, how does this work? Uh, we have our CAD lab. Um, and yeah, kids would get their own computers to use. Okay. And then they're basically using the real software. Like, they're, they're not just using some, like, you know, Microsoft Paint. They're using, like, legit software. Walla, like, are they using, like, software that they would... Where would, where would, would you say that yeah. you're they're using the software that you guys use? Uh, not specifically the software we use, but uh, online versions of software like Tinkercad and things like that so that they could actually learn how to model. And Tinkercad's a really good tool for little like uh, kids to learn because it's, uh, it's fairly um, intuitive and it understands how the, while the programs we use are a little more advanced and they need a lot more uh, parameters set with them then. Okay. But it's a really great way for them to learn how to model and, you know, make things like that. Okay, so that's basically the architectural science camp in a nutshell. And just before I start talking about the next the digital creativity one, um, I think the other thing is so that every kid participating in these camps, they come home with something, right? And yes. And if, whether it's a 3D print of something or even a... You, you, you basically tell me that these kids make chairs. So they're carrying like a big chair in the subway when they go back home am i correct yep okay so they, they they come back home with something but on top of that they also come back home with a portfolio right so so i mean tell me what is this whole portfolio that the kids create uh so the portfolio shows uh pretty much the process of all the things that they did during the camp mm -hmm. not only did it in, does it include photos that we took of them while they were working on their projects uh, but it will also include screenshots of their computer screen uh, as they were working on digital things, so like 3D modeling on Tinkercad. Uh, so I think the portfolio is really good in showing what the camper has learned during that week mm -hmm. that at the camp. So then, Walla, tell me then, like, I, I'll, go, I'll come back to you, Samin, on that one, but um, Walla, you know, you've been there at the end of the week 
when, you know, at, on, let's say ostensibly a, a parent brings their kid in on Monday morning and says, okay, little Billy, go have fun. You know, this big guy named Wall is going to be taking care of you for the week. I don't know. Let's hope that you learn some architecture-ish stuff. And then Friday rolls in, that kid comes in and brings like a 3D printed something, a portfolio of what they've done, a, you know, a CNC chair that's like, you know, whatever their favorite Pokemon character, like theme based. So can you tell me about that response that mom and dad get when they, when they see their kid on that Friday afternoon? So a lot of parents are a little bit surprised. They like, they have an idea that we're going to send them with some stuff but not the amount of stuff we're going to send them with, like especially with the 3D printed uh, <coughs> figurines or their uh, bracelets. And then on top of that, the chairs and the lamps. Mm-hmm. Um, some kids, some parents are very surprised by that. And then Wait, what's surprising? By- what's surprising though? Like, I don't get it. Like they knew that their kid was going to do something with like 3D printing or like do something and make a light. I mean, how is this a surprise? Were they surprised so- that like that, that they got a light or that they surprised that like, oh, my kid did this? Yeah, so they're more surprised about how the process the the process they went through as uh, doing these projects. So, like, if they were given a chair initially, they were given a piece of paper and they drew out the idea, and then the execution. Because uh, usually, when you see kids, they usually just draw and then that's it. But actually, seeing something that they physically made and then drew on and painted mm-hmm. really uh, piques their interest, and then they're and the kids are really excited. So the parents love that part as well. Mm-hmm. And then they just take those home, and, you know? Okay. So then Samin, do you find that like, I mean, Wallace painted a fairly positive picture. I mean, are, are the parents really that pleased not, not to get their kids back, but you know what I mean? Like to, to see the stuff that they've done. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I've gotten a lot of positive reactions from the parents just from the weeks that I worked. Um, I think again, yeah, they really don't, fully expect that their kids would come out with all these skills mm-hmm. and then they're surprised when they when the kids show them all this work that they've done and it's all it's great mm-hmm. I remember we actually had one parent who like their kid showed them Tinkercad and all the stuff that they had modeled in Tinkercad mm-hmm. parents were so impressed they also tried to teach themselves Tinkercad or have their kids help them with Tinkercad and then they modeled in Tinkercad and sent it to us afterwards what I didn't hear about this man <laughs> it was great. We loved it. <laughs> really? Okay, you gotta give me these stories more, man. Because I, <laughs> so you, you guys been holding back. Um, I but thought we told you this. You didn't tell me that <laughs> one. I, I got, I got, I, got, I get all the, I got all the not so good stories. We'll get to those in a bit. But I, I never get the happy, feel good stories. You guys always tell me the, the ones that are like, <laughs> you know, hey Vince, you, you might want to know about this because this is an HR thing or like involved kids. And I'll be like, okay, fine, get the paperwork ready. That, that's the stuff I deal with, man. The the most we've had like. Uh, in my experience we had was a parent came up to me and they told me about how they they were expecting their kids to, you know, physically make buildings. But then like after going go to break on a construction site and start like, <laughs> <some concrete. laughs> yeah. So the, and uh, I, you know, it was just, there was a matter of explaining to them that we're not really teaching them how to basically make buildings, but all teaching them the process that we go through. Yeah, that, that's where you say, like, you know, go talk to my boss, go talk to my yeah. prof. And then they talk to me and I'm like, listen, man, kids have to at least get four year undergrad, two to three year masters to even get the education component, not to mention the experience, like, you know, was 3,700 odd hours plus, you know, the examination, depending on which jurisdiction, how many exams you got. Like, wait, come on, you, you just paid like a, a couple few hundred bucks for like four days. Like, what, you might as well like, 
trade in six box tops to get like your you know diploma or something. Come on, man. Yeah, but the, surprisingly enough, when the parent and the last day, she was fairly surprised that we had done so much with the kid because the kid had a the kid was just going home and they were asking what was going on there and they would say nothing. So mm. that was just the issue. But when the parents saw that, oh, you know, we did this this much work, and then they showed them the work, they were fairly surprised. So I, I like the idea of surprising the parents because as, as a parent myself, you know, when you, when you pay for a certain program or, or pay for your kid to embark on things, you know, it's really happy. It's really good and heartwarming to know that you've, your kid actually not only enjoyed it, but actually has picked up some skill, right? And or at least, you know, cultivated some interest in something that's productive, right? Which brings me to my next camp. We developed the digital creativity camp, which was in response to the kind of kids that quote unquote, graduated from their, you know, the architectural science camp, right? We had parents and kids that were like eager to start going to the next level, which was to basically learn some of the stuff that wasn't just Tinkercad, wasn't simply the elementary stuff, but it was more akin to the stuff that you guys were using in school, right? So, Samin, do you want to tell us a little bit about the digital creativity camp? Uh, yeah. So digital creativity um, basically introduced the campers to design software that we actually in architecture in architectural science use um, such a such as a Photoshop Illustrator InDesign. Um, we dabbled a little in I think a bit of other stuff, but it was mainly the Adobe Suite. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and then basically, what do the kids actually produce? I'm just like, so what? I can like I can watch a YouTube tutorial on like how to you know use um, I don't know paths in Illustrator, but what 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 do what do the kids do? Uh, so, or was that for me? Uh, whichever, like the well, you might as well take it. Okay, so for our year, we had uh, so we had two sets of kids uh, for digital creativity. One, we made them uh, make comic books and uh, their logos. So they would create their a character with themselves, and then they created the logo for their character. So some sort of like bat signal, mm -hmm. basically. And uh, then what we did was we took photos of them and then they photoshopped themselves into scenes where they created their character. And then they, you know, they were either, uh, you know, fighting a bad guy or saving a cat or things like that. Mm -hmm. And then just, uh, I mean, when they created that logo, what did they do? Like, was it just like a decal that they like, you know, photoshopped in or what did they do with the logo stuff? I mean, uh, the logo stuff they actually did in Illustrator. So it was vector based. And then we were able to take those logos and create uh, laser cut stencils out of them um, so that they could, so that they could um, spray paint them onto tote bags or t-shirts. So wait, wait, you had the kids spray painting stuff? We spray painted. Oh, there we go. There we go. That's the right answer. See? <laughs> we spray painted. Okay. <laughs> we're a safe camp. We spray painted and um, they got to take home these sick t-shirts and tote bags with this logo that they created themselves. Okay, so then what's the difference then? Because I think you're talking about Digital Creativity 1, but what's the difference between Digital Creativity 1 and Digital Creativity 2? Like, I mean, is it just that one follows the other, they're concurrent? Is it different, like, you know, backgrounds? What are we talking about here? Uh, Walla, tell me. So for Digital Creativity 2, we go much more advanced and we go into much more um, deeper understanding of those programs. So in Illustrator, whereas they were first just making uh, like tracings of pictures and then making their logos. These guys were designing their logos themselves and figuring out how the stenciling actually worked. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, with digital creativity one, we actually we didn't teach them how to make the like the sten- proper stenciling. So what we did was we made the stencil afterwards ourselves. But with these kids, we were teaching them how a stencil actually works and how they would have to design it accordingly where they would have negative and positive spaces to create Mm -hmm. that stencil. And then when it came to the Photoshopping, we taught them not only just the typical masking and things like that and cut and burns, we taught them cut and burn. And then we taught them, uh, you know, how opacity works and how they can make their scene ultra realistic. Mm -hmm. So, Samin, would you say that by the time a, a student or a camper you know, let's say it's a 15 year old, right? Why, why would, what's the benefit of taking the advanced or the digital creativity too, right? I just want to know, like what, you, you started talking about uh, that they're using certain software and all, but what, what, at the, what's the end game? Like if, if in the other camps, it's just like getting an exposure and familiarity, right? What do they gain from doing the digital creativity too? Uh, in DC too, they gain a portfolio because the projects they make uh, during the camp they can actually use to really show off the skills that they learned, uh, to show off the advanced skills that they learned during the camp. And mm-hmm. the projects that they did, actually, um, they're able to sh- use those to showcase, you know, all the things that Walla was talking about, you know, the con- uh, con burn, uh, making the scenes look realistic. It's like mm-hmm. hard evidence of their skill set that well, I was going to say with the evidence stuff, do you guys still make a portfolio? Like you said, they make a portfolio, but is there still like the developmental stuff that you were talking about that you found in the architectural science camp? Is that still present in the digital creativity camp? Uh, yes. Yeah. So we still have all the process stuff. So we are still taking screenshots um, as they're working through. Okay. So now guys, I've, I've just had you guys go through and explain to me both the architectural science camp, which is pri- pr- primarily for the uh, kids of, maybe nine to 12-ish, right? And then we also talked about the digital creativity camp, which is like maybe nine, 10 through to like 12-ish as well. And then digital creativity too, which is more for high school kids, right? Or older students. So let me pitch this to you because a lot of people have been asking about the camp programs for this coming year. And in light of the pandemic, we can't have a bunch of kids gathering all together, right? You can't have close quarters and all that stuff. And kids aren't necessarily the best at following rules and regulations. So obviously we're going to propose something else. So we were asked to develop a new camp program for the summer. And yeah, we did. We stepped up and we said, sure, let's do this. We're going to offer um, digital creativity one and two, right? Uh, Except we're going to kind of remove any of the physical aspects, but really go deep down into a deep dive on like just using the software itself. Cause we're finding more and more, and maybe you guys can tell me in high school, we, it's not uncommon to find a lot of people using Adobe products. Am I correct? Like Samin, is, is this not true? Uh, yeah. All right. Walla, you had, you had, did you, did you ever have to deal with it or did you? Yeah. Know that was- yeah. They, there's a lot of programs that are using uh, Photoshop and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so we found that it's like increasingly being um, utilized. So we might as well find a way to make it fun, but also so that kids get a leg up when they go into high school, right, with the digital creativity programs, so that they have that kind of acumen. Because a lot of kids are interested in going into high school art classes or art pro or, or you know art programs or what have you, and having that extra skill set's always good. But the other side is, of course, digital creativity too. Is say you've got students that are interested in applying for other programs that uh, are in university, we want to make sure that they get that skill built up. So again, we're going online to make sure we do a deep dive on that front. And then on top of that, we're also proposing a new program altogether, which is the 3D design program, which is basically 
Uh, and it's again, based on a younger group as well as an older group. So younger group would be just dabbling and learning some basics of 3D modeling. But of course the older group would be really taking advantage of some of the spatial design uh, components and capacities uh, that you typically deal with in say first year uh, of your architectural education. So all this is to say that we're doing an online suite of uh, uh, curriculum, right? And the best part is we, you know, unlike the other camps in the past where you guys, I mean, I think one thing you guys didn't quite talk about was that conventionally the arc, the, these camps, it's not just simply the architectural science or the, the architectural programming. What else do the kids do during these camps in the conventional model? So, I mean, um, they're also participating in more traditional activities such as like physical activity. So they're not like dodgeball and stuff or what? Yeah. 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 Okay, so so they're doing all these physical activities normally, right? And so in the conventional program, it'd be like you do a little bit of architecture, uh, you do activity, and then you take a little bit of moment to like go swimming or you go do dodgeball, come back, do a little bit of architecture and come back, right? So in this case, during the pandemic, we know that everyone's at home, right? So we got something a little bit more fun where it's, you know, every week uh, we would have like little small exercises where kids basically are challenged to do or taught certain tasks. And they're like, it's like a reality TV show where they're challenged to do like um, something. And, and I described this to you guys earlier where maybe it's take a photo that mom has of her when she was your age. And then you have a photo of you when you're like, you know, 12 years old and now Photoshop the two of you guys doing something together. Right. And that's kind of fun because then they start learning some basic skills and you can understand that it's a really good key takeaway. Kids have a little bit of fun at home and you know what mom can, or mom and dad can both still be working at home. And then, you know, the, the camper, he or she is having a little, having a blast kind of having some fun with Photoshop. Right. So we're going to be doing all that. And it's also going to be with a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. So, you know, that indispensable feedback. Right. So I think, at this point, I just want to break it to you guys. Do you think it's possible that a 10 year old kid can take feedback for their design? So like, let's say little Billy photoshopped him and his dad. Um, they're both like, you know, the, the same age at that point in, in the photo. Right. And then you're saying, Hey, you know what, you should use a little bit more, you know, you, you, you forgot to scale dad's face. Right. Or like, you know, you, you kind of got to adjust the contrast. Do you think that the little kids will take it, you know, take that feedback properly? Walla? Actually, I think that'll make it easier for them to take the criticism and, uh, you know, uh, feedback much better uh, when they head to high school. Because, uh, you know, you're a prof, you know, the issue with the kids not thinking their design is perfect. So having that early amount of, you know, um, criticism more, not on, I wouldn't say criticism, but more like feedback mm -hmm. would be beneficial to them. And, uh allow them to improve their uh, process and keep in mind that, you know, there is always room for improvement. So with that, I mean, we will be likely offering a lot of, in that online curriculum, a lot of that one-on-one -on -one feedback and wait, there's more. Um, we would also be having sessions where I bring in like a prof from not just architecture, like maybe I can get another prof from another design uh, discipline, whether it's interior or maybe fashion or graphic, communication or graphic design that could be kind of fun right to just get their different take on it and here maybe it's, it's just like any other reality tv show where it's like simon says this you know Katy perry says that or whatever so we have, we have like differences of opinions but it gets that feedback discussion um and better yet for the older group of students right that are really worried about getting into say uh their i don't know university program of choice if you, regardless of whether or not you're interested in architecture and interior design or fashion, you're going to be able to at least 
be able to have the a the skill set right the, the tools under your belt so you can quickly whip up in, in Photoshop or an illustrator some sort of you know way to graphically present your ideas but then you're also going to be and I'd say this is more important that you'd also be in the right mindset to be able to take that kind of feedback right so I, I think that one thing that I want to come back to and mean help me out here how would you recommend that I dispense feedback to a kid because you know I've done reviews um, I think there's a trail of tears um, from previous podcasts. We know there's a trail of tears going to, the, to certain washrooms. Um, but help me out here. Uh, the, what is the best way I should, because everyone knows I'm approachable, right? So the question is, how do we ensure, how does Vince issue feedback to a nine-year-old? Um, I think definitely the... <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> no, okay, sorry. How, how should I do it? How should I do it? I think definitely the one-on-one sort of aspect, but also um, just sort of like an, it, it's almost like an iterative process where they get, they do their work, they come to you, you or another prof or, you know, someone else for feedback, mm-hmm. feedback, and then they work off of that feedback to improve their project. And then they just repeat that process until, you know, they get somewhere where they can be happy with it. So I think this is a good model of operation in principle, but I also find that, you know, we're going to be doing this online. So obviously it's going to be fun to have different uh, profs chime in. But I think that one thing that just in, in print, in looking at how I'm developing this programming, my concern was just, you know, I'm going to talk to a kid and he or she is going to hear me say, you know what, you got to fix this, fix that, because it looks a little bit weird. Right. And then the kid will be like, yeah, you know what, it does look weird. And then another prof is going to, or another counselor or whatever is going to say, yeah, yeah, fix this. But you know what, leave that because that looks, that's your style. Right. So the kids, you know, it's going to be like confused. Right. So how do you think I should best tell a kid, given that you guys have done architectural science camp, right. Um, It's hard to give kids feedback at least from what i gather it's hard to give kids feedback and still to a certain degree make it fun right so i'm, I'm a little bit I'm, I'm basically opening up the door for you guys to tell me how to teach well well one of the ways you could do it is just allow them to make the little tweaks and then uh, show them that you know does this tweak improve it or not and uh, there's certain specific things that kids want and then they're that's like their style mm-hmm. and that's understandable those things can still remain there while you still tell them that, Oh, you know, maybe if you change the size of this uh, foot or you change Mm -hmm. the size of this, you know, like I had, we had a uh, kid last year who had a, um, it was called a chicken duck or something. Yeah. It was called a chicken duck. I'm sorry. Is that a disease or what are we talking about? (laughs) No, it was this, it was this comic book character. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, he had a chicken and then he had a duck's head on top of it. So just, I, I told him, oh, you know, if you scale it down, he said, he told me, oh, I want the head to be big. So I told him, oh, you, there's ways you can blend it in fairly easy and then make it look a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. Okay. So th- those ways of just tweaking and coming back and saying, oh, are you sure you want it this way? Or are, mm-hmm. do you want it like another way? Or maybe, you know, we can improve this and make it look better. Or things along those lines okay sort of like if there's something that the kid is hell-bent on having you sort of work with them to still improve it but keep it but still improve it okay all right so then now i got a question for you guys on another level right um 
as you know, I, I, I developed these programs not because I just want to deal with children, right? Because I already got kids of my own, and that's enough of a handful. Um, I developed these programs in order to not only connect with the surrounding community, right? Like we, we, we every year, uh, you, you guys know that uh, we always, you run these programs, we often have maybe four or five of the 40 kids they're from disadvantaged families right like big brothers big sisters all those kinds of things so we want to make sure we're connected to the community we want to make sure that we're connected to the creative and cultural um you know the, the kind of artistic community as well and obviously it does generate a little bit of money and the reason why the money's good is because it helps us helps me make sure that you as students get um money to do design build projects whether it's installations for nuit blanche or design build studios so that's that all this money goes to good cause and of course you guys when you guys were doing it you guys got paid right i, I paid you did i not yeah. yeah yes no no human rights violations there so that's all good so i know it's funny i've had a whole bunch of people in the last um year ask me to be camp counselors i don't know what you guys did i don't know if you guys posted something on facebook or if there's some instagram thing where it's like man this guy's amazing or this program's amazing you can deal with that's going to sound bad, but I was going to say you have to deal with children. So what is it, what, were, what are some key tips that you would recommend in like knowing how, in, in succeeding as a, as a counselor for these architectural science camps? I don't know, Walla? Um, the biggest thing is you got to be flexible. You, uh, and uh, you got to understand that these kids are young. They, they're really impressionable. So you, what you say and the way you say it affects them a lot more than we would think that it does mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you're while telling them what to do you're still you know making it fun for them because they're not there as like they're not there as prisoners right they're there as <laughs> they're there as kids who just want to have fun learning a new skill mm -hmm. so you have to understand how to make it fun and then you know every counselor has their own style every mm -hmm. counselor talks to every kid their own way and then you just have to sort of find your way of talking to those kids and then applying that in a fun way. Okay. So, I mean, give me a tip for any prospective uh, person that wants to be a counselor for the Arctic Science Camp. Sort of working off of Walla's thing, definitely patience. <laughs> 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 and also just knowing that, yeah, things will not really go the way you might want it to go. Um, Sort of, again, Wallace's point where you do, you really need to be flexible. So like with schedules, with projects, things will go wrong and you just need to work with it. And because the kids will be watching you kind of thing, you have to do all of it while being very calm. <laughs> yeah, your, your demeanor uh, has to be very like, everything's under my control. It doesn't matter. Like you can go outside and panic all you want, but when you're in front of the kids, you have to be always calm, always smiling always making sure that they, because they're under your wing right now. And if you're panicked, they're going to start panicking. Yeah. yeah. You know what? And that's why I hire you kids to do that. So I, I, full disclosure, I do oversee a lot of the camps behind the scenes. I also, as you guys know, I, I give a, a few lectures, right? Uh, right. In, intermittently, but I, I really rely on you guys to do that kind of one-on-one -on -one interface. And that's really where... <laughs> Uh, it, the, the camp program wouldn't uh, survive were not for you guys. So, I mean, that all said, 
Let's talk about some fun stuff, though. I, I mean, we've talked about all the activities, both in the digital creativity as well as the architectural science camps. Starting with you, Walla, what, what was the favorite activity that you had to deal with as a, counts, as a camp counselor? I think it was the, um, I think it was the comic book and the scenes that they had to make in digital creativity. Because we really saw kids, like, once they learned the tools and really take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like there was one kid who was going, he made a comic book and then it was very, very, like it was really well laid out. It was a really good story. And then on the other hand, with the older kids, we had this kid who was just knocking out scenes left and right Mm -hmm. and make, and it wasn't like he was just like taking two pictures and blending, just putting them together. He was taking multiple elements. Like he would take a person from one scene. He would take a dragon from another scene and he was making them look very, very, like almost real. Uh, and this kid was like learned from scratch. Like this kid didn't come in like with skill before. So, or? so for the digital creativity too, they have some amount of skills, mm-hmm. but we teach them how to pro like even go further with like okay. burn and scratch and then opacity. Uh, there was actually one time where I came up and I was looking at him like, that's her. I'm like, are you sure that's not a background? He, he turned off each layer and showed me what it actually looked like. I'm like, oh my God. That's... Did you give him your studio project to do then? <laughs> Maybe you should have. I, I wish, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Samin, what's your favorite project that you've had in all the camps? I'm actually going to say the character, the comic book stuff. Is... Serious? Yeah, it was, it was, it created some really fun stuff. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I have one of the projects up right now and I'm like, it cracks me up every time. Why? It was, it was a frog-based superhero. Mm-hmm. And, um, she has this one picture where, she took this one picture where she had her tongue sticking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's supposed to have like a frog power where she can shoot her tongue out and like use it to grab people and like bad people, villains and stuff. Okay. Totally so not has... coronavirus friendly, but okay. <laughs> she just, this was pre-corona, man. Yeah. yeah. Two years pre-corona. She just has this one picture where she just took her tongue and just <laughs> stretched, just stretched it out so far on. It just looks ridiculous. It's great. It's, it's like a work of art. But it's I'm, ass- I'm assuming mom was happy to see that. I, I assume so as well. Oh. Because I think this was also one of the only projects where she put the page in landscape just so she could stretch her tongue out. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's funny because to to me, when you're dealing like what both you guys described, like, you know, the comic book thing, it can go really south because I I know that this isn't my favorite activity, but I know that um, I I might've told you guys this one year when we had the kids designing the chairs, right? So it's like a little kid sized chair made out of plywood and they get to like decorate it and modify it to like, you know, be whatever. Like if a kid likes, Pokemon, he makes it yellow and puts the Pikachu kind of decals on it. Kid likes Transformers, puts like the Optimus Prime colors, but then puts the Autobot symbol or something, right? Like that kind of stuff. But then one kid, I might have told you this, like the kid took the chair and started putting like swords and dragons and stuff on it. And then he took the red paint and he's like squirt the red paint on the chair, right? <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Like, I was like, because I was telling the counselor who was, who, like, they're, they're, I think, it was the year before you or two years before you, uh, Samin. But like I told the counselor, I was like, what, man, get the, get the kid away from the paint. Like, stop. Like the kid's wasting the red paint. Right. And then I was like, okay, you got to talk to that kid because that kid's got some issues. Like it looks like a good chair, like had dragon stuff. And he's 
spewed Squirtle's paint on. And it turns out this kid was like, yo, man, it's the Iron Throne. And then I was like, you're letting, who lets a nine-year-old kid watch Game of Thrones? And this kid, like, designed his chair to be like, the, like it's the Iron Throne, Professor Vince. I'm like, oh, okay. You get, you get to talk to your parents, man. Um, so that's the kind of fun activity. But I, I'd also like to know the other side because, you know, we always have this discussion. It's like, if anything, when my counselors take on this camp program, I think people, I've seen a couple of uh, people break up with their significant others because they're like, I'm not going to have kids. Um, this is straight up like, they're like, nope, <laughs> that's not happening anymore. So, um, I mean, oh, give me some stories about the other side. Like in general, I think the vast majority of the students that participate in these camps are great. And I think parents love uh, having their kids, you know, not only participate in some really good stuff, but also take home not uh, not only just objects, but also a bit of a, an experience and knowledge. But I mean, starting with you, Samin, what would you say is a, is a kind of awkward or like eh, not so great story there? But it has to be funny though. Make it funny. I... <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. There we go. So Walla, you start us then. A <laughs> uh, funny story. Okay, maybe not so far. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to like think of one. I'm trying to see which would be appropriate to say. So, so I'm trying to not go into like inappropriate, super inappropriate territory here. Uh, okay, okay. So while you guys warm up, I, I'll, I'll recall one. Um, there was one time, and I, I think I told you this one too, where uh, it was a girl in the, in the um, architectural science camp. And she was really, really small. Like, I mean, she was maybe at most at your like waist height, right? And everyone looked at her and, you know, she's, she's Asian, but like, you know, she just looked really, really young. And between all the counselors and everything, we knew that this kid was probably like, you know, you know, hey, you know, I didn't want to say her name, but like, hey, how old are you? And the kid would have to stop and think. And she'd be like, uh, nine, <laughs> right? And it's like, what year were you born? Um, and she had to do some math, right? So she didn't know because clearly this kid was like seven, right? This kid was really, really young mm-hmm. and small. And the thing was, she was, and you know, she's a little bit surrounded by all these older students. She, she, you can imagine she was a little bit intimidated at first, right? So she really gravitated towards one of the female counselors, right? And she saw this other female counselor as like a big sister kind of thing, right? And it was cool, right? About midweek, I come in and I'm like just talking, giving my lecture. And uh, I start seeing this kid is like all over the counselor. This kid is hugging the counselor and stuff like this. And like just holding hands and like, you know, jumping, giving piggybacks. And then I'm like, okay, come on, you got to watch out. Don't, uh, don't do this stuff, right? And then towards the end of the week, right? The thing is the kids are just like saying bye. Like, you know, it's Friday. You got to drop the kid off, right? The kid is like giving the, the counselor a hug. And the counselor's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And, and the kid's like, can I give you a bye-bye kiss? And kisses the counselor on the cheek. And I was like, what the heck just happened there, man? So, uh <laughs> Like, I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, like some like, you know, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby level stuff, but I was like, don't touch the kids, man. Uh, so I had a little chat with them and I was like, look, man, just like the, the, the counselor was like, no, but she touched me. And I'm like, yes, I know, but you can't use that in the court of law. So you just got to be careful. So with that all said, can you give me a good story now? I'll start with you, Walla. I actually have two stories. Uh, <laughs> so there was, uh, we had this um kid who was also in uh, camp but he was um can't remember the basically he was going to be a future camp counselor oh, uh, the, once uh, he, the leader in training yeah the leader in training and uh 
where all of us counselors, we were expecting him to act just like us. And we understood that he was a kid, you know, he wanted to try the activities and that was. So how old would he be? How old would he be? I think he was, I think he was 15. Okay. Okay. Uh, 14, 15. And um, uh, so we were making, we were showing them how to do these things and he was making his stuff. And then he kept touching one of the kids and he was a very expressive uh, young man. Let's mm-hmm. say that. So he would move out around his arms a lot. And as I'm telling him, like the kids are leaving and I'm just talking to him and I'm uh, telling him that, oh, you know, you can't touch the kids and this and this. And this guy starts like wailing his arms around and there's a kid coming out right behind him and he whacks this kid in the nose. Uh And as I'm explaining to him how he's not supposed to touch kids and like at that moment, I was worried about the kid and, you know, I had to take care of his like if he had like a broken nose or anything. But afterwards we were all just sitting there laughing at the fact that as I'm telling this guy not to touch the kids, he just whacks the water. Yeah. <laughs> he was wha- like, this kid so, was, so that was probably not the best story. Cause those of you guys are listening that are thinking about sending your kids there. Don't worry. Your kid will not be in any way touched or harmed. Uh, that was a very rare exception. Well, give me a story. That's good, man. He's going to get me in trouble. Jeez. <laughs> I can't, I can't get uh, anywhere, man. Come on, what's the other story? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, the egg drop. Um, now, we gave these guys around five minutes to make their contraption, which they would put their egg in. Mm-hmm. And there was this group of guys that were trying to make something, and it just didn't work out. So in the last minute, what they do is they literally take a cardboard box, like a lid of a cardboard box, and they take a uh, – they just literally made a tomb out of it. Mm-hmm. And they put it on the ground and then you just chuck the egg on it. <laughs> and we were just like, we were sitting there and we we're like, okay, <laughs> did you not want it to survive? They're like, no. And after that, all the kids started to like finick around with their uh, contraption so that the egg would drop and actually break. See, that's the thing that I found out the egg drop thing. It's the egg drop challenge. When you get kids an op- give kids an opportunity to do something they can't do at home, then that's fun, right? Like, I mean, yeah. yeah, I get to drop something. Like, no one else in, in my house do I get to, like, drop stuff from high heights. But I think the second thing is, oh, wait, I can do something that I can't do at home. And on top of that, I can make it destructive? All right, two for one, man. Um, and that's what tends to happen. Uh, Samin, you got a good story? Yeah, I mean, this wasn't necessarily a bad kid. I think it was more just youthful ignorance, let's say. <laughs> um, this was, like, the first day of camp, and they were 3D modeling in Tinkercad. And um, in Tinkercad, you have to actually go and manually save the project. So we had taught them pretty early on to, you know, constantly be saving their work and how to actually do it. Right. A little later in the day, we were teaching them, teaching them how to take screenshots of their computer screens because, you know, we have to use those for their portfolios. So we were showing them how to do that. And we were like, okay, guys, whenever the counselors say screenshot, do this. And up until that point, it's, been, it, it's already been like several weeks of camp. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, we didn't really have any problems with kids saving and screenshotting. Mm-hmm. So went about it, whatever. I think like five minutes later or something, one of the kids calls us over and he's like, I think my work is gone. <laughs> we were just confused because, yeah, his Tinkercad was completely empty. Mm-hmm. Like, even though we had watched him model stuff in it for hours. And he's like, I screenshot it and then closed Tinkercad and closed the Tinkercad window. And we're still confused. Like, okay, and what do you mean? I didn't click the save button. I screenshotted and then closed the window. Ooh. And we're just gobsmacked because what? <laughs> and we're just like screenshotting doesn't save your project. 
And the poor kid just looked like he died inside. He's like, I know. See, and that is, again, a little mini micro, a microcosm of what it feels like to be a prof. Like when that, when that kid comes to you and says, my computer crashed. I, can't, I don't have a final project. You're like, well, sucks, man. Oh, man, I feel uh, so bad. But how did you recover on that one? We couldn't. His oh. <laughs> he, he just had to, like, he had to redo everything he did that morning. And he just had like his screenshot to work off of, unfortunately. And that kid will never, ever forget to save from that point on. See, it's better to learn 100%. when you're a kid than to, than to learn during a studio deadline. Let's just put it that way, right? <laughs> oh, you kids, man. Um, so I, I just want to have a little quick question for you guys, though, because, I mean, it's, it's good to hear all of you know, your take on not only the good and the bad about the camps but, and for the kids, but I do have a question for you, too, because, you know, I, I asked you guys to be not only on the podcast, but I asked you a long time ago to be counselors, right? So did you guys get anything out of it other than like, you know, thinking, second guessing about having children? I mean, what, other than that, what did you guys get out of doing the camp? I mean, patience. Patience. <laughs> um, personally, I, I guess I got camp experience um, as a kid, I'd never gone to camp. Um, and while I wasn't necessarily a camper, mm-hmm. Working alongside the kids felt like I was experiencing the camp in a way, almost like I was living through them. Question mark. Serious? Serious? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, we were organizing the events and organizing the activities, but we were also participating in the activities with the kids. Um, yeah. I don't know, in a way. So, so you're like, kid, get off the computer. Let me do this. Let me finish this. <laughs> I'm going to make that tongue better, man. That, kid, that, that frog thing? No, no, no. You got yeah, to add more, uh, like, you know, glossing over there. Come on. Just, <laughs> well uh, you said patience too but anything else um not only that but it just made us uh like i what i want to do after i graduate you know maybe when i work in the field after try i want to teach no you don't yeah i do <laughs> serious <laughs> yeah i do like you wait, wait you know me right how do you how do you like you look at me and you're like yo man i want to do the same thing that dude does now come on Look at it this way, Vince. Once you retire, there won't be a Vince, right? Oh. You would want somebody to replace you, would you not? I, I'm not sure if that's a death well, threat. I was like, what was that? It's like, yo, man, you know, you're not going to be there forever, Vince. Uh, well, it's, well, it's coming for you, Vince. Yeah, it's like, watch, watch, job, watch, how you, watch how you cross that street there, old man. No, I've, I've always had that idea that I would want to pass me out? on. No, 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 just pass on what I learned to other people. You know, it's, it's always that continuity. Uh, see that that's so, honestly honestly yeah I, I agree with that i think this was it was a teaching experience <laughs> and i think for a couple of us who did who were summer camp counselors it was sort of a realization that yeah we would actually be rather fond of teaching things like design software and like fabrication and things serious man i like i would i would honestly would have thought that that would have dissuaded people from ever going like if you told me hey vince you gotta spend the next 10 days going to the old uh, senior citizens home and teaching them how to use email right i'd be like "Mm, no 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 there's gonna be some homicide man like i don't know i it was good it was fun i liked it (laughs) yeah it was it was a good way to like because it was it almost gave us a sense of pride when the kid did well right it wasn't like Oh, the kid did well, and like you, even the kids that weren't doing so well in the beginning, they started to work better. Mm. And to know the fact that you know I contributed that to that to a certain degree was I would I don't know that sounds cheesy, but I would say rewarding. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, I, 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 I listen, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a prof, and I, I, I do empathize and, and definitely echo those sentiments. I just want to say thank you guys very much for taking the time out to talk about the camp programming. Uh, and again, if you guys want to uh, apply, any guys listening want to apply, you can come and talk to me uh, later on. But I think there's lots of advantages. And as you just heard, it's rewarding. And those of you guys that are interested in possibly beefing up some skills, we're doing a new program for <laughs> for the summer. So uh, keep an eye out for that. So anyways, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having us. No problem. Thanks for having us, man.